Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Hey, you might have to cast your minds back a little bit for this one, but can you remember when you first started driving, the first time you saw those blue lights in the rear vision mirror? (laughs) Put your hands up if you remember the first time you were pulled over by the police. Yeah. Keep your hands up if you deserved it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't. (laughs) Um, I remember 18 years old, I, I was had a carload of mates, we're driving somewhere, and, and the lights came on. I remember it's like instantly, you're just like, oh, you know, that feeling. It's like your, your stomach's up here all of a sudden, and your, your heart's beating, you know, so quick you think blood's about to shoot at your fingertips. Like, just like, ah, what's going on? And, and you know, pull over and wind, old school, I'm that old, you wind down your window. <laughs> Boys and girls, back in the day, you didn't do your window, you had to, anyway. Um, and so it went in the window, and, and the officer's there and goes, oh, do you know why I pulled you over? It's like, yeah, probably. Um, uh, sorry, sir, I was probably going a bit quick. Yeah, do you know how quick you were going? Oh, over 100? He goes, yeah, definitely over 100. Um, yeah, do you have a reason? It's like, oh, well, there's a heart transplant, and it's in the esky in the back of the car. And No, no, I'll get, no sir, I've got no reason for going quick at all, and because yeah, I'm super nervous. In that moment, where the police officer's there, I've obviously been going too quick. I've done the wrong things. Who holds the authority and the power? The officer does. I've got nothing. Number one, I was doing the wrong thing, and I'm caught. He's got all the power. I'm at his. I'm at his mercy. Now, what does justice say? Well, justice would be that I, I get fined. I was going too quick. Small country town. So you've got a picture of this. So the officer goes, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Um, you're obviously going quick. You obviously know better. But I'm going to let you off with a warning. Now, my eyes are full of tears. I'm just like, yeah. I'm so scared and you know, feeling it so deeply. And I'm pretty sure I could see past the infringement and could see actually into my soul, which was instead of being, you know, there's no arrogance in the moment. I was just like, you know, my next stop was the bathroom. Like I was, I'm done. I am fully undone. Mates in the car, I don't care. Like I am, I'm, my conscience is just showing. And he goes, Tim, I'm going to let you off with a warning. But you need to slow down because we need you to play footy on Saturday. <laughs> don't let me catch you again because I won't be so lenient. It, it, was, it was this moment of, of experiencing mercy. He had the authority, he had the power, I was at his mercy. I was in the wrong, 100%. Yet he showed leniency to me. 
and showed me mercy and grace. So today we continue the, our, our series on the Beatitudes on, on blessed are those who are merciful, giving out mercy, for they will receive mercy. Before we dive in, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a merciful God, that you show us mercy. God, we thank you for those that are here this morning who naturally see through the things that are on the surface and see into the person and take that into account when there's a judgment and there's authority in place and who naturally show mercy. Lord, this morning I pray that you would speak to us where we need to hear it the most today. In Jesus' name, amen. So last, just yesterday, we held the very first Ballarat Global Leadership Summit, the, the local experience. It was actually the first Australian 2022 local leadership summit ever. Does that make sense? Does that sentence, yeah. You, you can move those words around and make a sentence out of it. A little bit of, um, little bit of an Ikea message today. Some assembly required. <laughs> um, so we had this GLS yesterday. It was the first one in, in Australia um, for the local expression this year. And, and it was awesome to be able to, to gather together because we get to lead ourselves, learn how to do that better, how to lead our families, how to lead our relationships with others, especially, and then also lead church, lead businesses, sporting organisations. You know, leadership spans all aspects of life. It was, it was an excellent day. It was awesome. So a huge thank you to all those that attended and a huge thank you to those that came to help set up and pack down from it. It was awesome. And, and one of the things that I, that I learned early in my sort of leadership career, it was in, um, in sort of hearing great leaders speak on leadership, was this, this guy called John C. Maxwell. And Maxwell's, one of his most famous quotes is, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is influence. And each and every one of us has influence. If you're a parent, you have influence. You have influence over your kids. If you're a sibling, if you've got brothers or sisters, you have influence over your brothers or sisters. Now, you may work in an organisation where you have influence over others. But just in simply having a conversation, we have influence. We all do. Therefore, we're all leaders. Now, influence doesn't have to always be good or may not always be good because influence can also be bad. It can be good influence or a bad influence. Brothers and sisters, like if you're talking to your siblings, like if I'm talking to my brother, I could be a good influence or a bad influence. And it could all just be in the, the tone of my voice, like, good job. There he is. Good job. Well done. Yeah? Good influence. Oh, good job. Yeah? Bad influence. Like, we all have influence, don't we? Love you, mate. <laughs> yeah? Like, we all have influence. We, we all do. Now, the idea of of mercy is when you have influence, when you have power over someone and, and when there's a mistake that's taken place and your influence over that person has, has a judgment, has a consequence. And so this idea of, of mercy is how are you going to use your authority, your influence, your power in that situation? And so to do that, we probably need to break apart a little bit more to, to, to look a little bit more at what mercy is. 
Mercy is sort of this idea of compassion. We've got a definition up here of mercy. It's like compassion or forgiveness shown towards somebody that you have authority over by withholding the punishment. You're sort of withholding what they deserve. Which sort of leads to, to an idea of what, what about justice? Like, do, do we just forgive everybody? Regardless of, does that mean I should just speed everywhere all the time? Like, <laughs> definitely not. Because the second time I wasn't let off. Like, like, like it's, you've got to learn. Like, like justice. Mercy, mercy is, is great. But we, we're going to have to dive a little bit more into this to understand what mercy is. But to also understand the passage of Scripture, we've got to understand the timeline and what's happening culturally. So Rome. Rome is the superpower. You follow Rome. If Rome says jump, you say how high on the way up. No if, buts, or maybes. The consequences of, of disobeying Rome are like super harsh, disproportionate. The, the punishments are disproportionate to the crime. Like they, they worship strength. They worship power. They worship authority. Therefore, this idea of leniency or being soft or mercy is actually so against the culture of the time that mercy was actually looked at as a mental health condition. The idea of mercy in Roman times was looked at as a mental health condition. There's something wrong. So you picture this. You picture people at that time that that there's authority and judgment and they see somebody and they've messed up and they are so sorry. They, they are bawling their eyes out. They are an absolute mess. And yes, the, the, the thing that they did was wrong, but the, the person with the authority sees through the issue into the person and sees that they're sorry and says, I'm going to show you mercy. And then all of a sudden, other people see that person being soft showing mercy, going, oh, we can run all over them. And then they start getting persecuted because they were showing love and compassion. What we start to see is that, that Jesus steps into this culture and people who are naturally merciful are afraid to be persecuted. And Jesus steps in and goes, blessed are those that put compassion into action and show mercy for you will be shown mercy. This is a safe space. If you want to come and be a part of God's kingdom and you want to show mercy, you are welcome here. This, you will be shown mercy here. We're not going to judge you. We're going to put you down because you're loving others. We're not going to put you down because you're seeing through the issues into the person's soul and making a judgment based on the person as a child of God rather than the circumstances that they grew up in or what's going on around them. You are welcome. You are blessed. You are loved. Thank you for showing grace in action to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Sometimes we, we, we're still left with this tension of justice. And I think the easy mistake to make is that we think mercy and justice are the opposite. But they're not. 
Justice can sit with mercy. A judgment can be made with compassion. See, the opposite of mercy is this. We've got a few, just a few of the words that are the opposite of mercy. First, the opposite of mercy is inhumanity, cruelty, cold-heartedness, brutality, harshness, ruthlessness, severity, disdain, intolerance, malevolence, meanness, selfishness, uncompassionate, ill will, savagery, barbarity, barb... Get it? Viciousness, sadness, and heartlessness. Yeah, it's one of those days, mate. It, 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 like, it, it's so far from justice. You can see that there's, there's actually a, 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 something deep within that, that seems to, to oppress and hurt and dominate and put down. And it's an inhumane way of looking at someone. And in this, we see this is Rome. This is Rome at the time. Rome, this idea of the, the barb... Oh, why did I pick that word again? Savagery of Rome is <laughs> just way out of proportion. The crucifixion, the, the, the things that they would do to criminals, it's just, it was designed to, to make people so afraid that, number one, they wouldn't step out of line, and, number one, they'd just submit to Rome without any fight at all. Yet Jesus says it's mercy you're blessed if you show mercy the total opposite of what justice is about justice and mercy can go hand in hand and we're going to look at that in one of our main passages today but first the first thing we've got to understand (coughs) excuse me and the first point for today is this we all need God's mercy We all need God's mercy. In John chapter 8, verse 1 to 11, we see that that Jesus is faced with a question of justice. You've got to make a decision. What decision are you going to make? And what happens is he's at the temple and he's speaking and they're going to try and trip him up. Some of the leaders at the time are going to try and put Jesus in a space where no matter what he answers, he's going to be in trouble. And so what they do is they find a woman who's caught in adultery. And the woman, there's no question about is she in the wrong. She is caught in adultery. And by Jewish law, the consequence of doing that, the consequence of being caught or the act of adultery, let alone being caught in the act of adultery, is that you were to be stoned to death. Because God said that you are to live a certain way. This is Old Testament, Old Covenant. You are to live a certain way, to be holy and set apart. You don't do this stuff. If you do, you've got nothing to do with this this group of people. And so the consequences by Jewish law, if you were to commit adultery, the consequence was death. And so they've dragged this woman before Jesus and say, Jesus, look, this woman's being caught. What judgment should we hand down? And Jesus is, he's caught. If he lets her off, he's not fulfilling the law. He's not fulfilling justice, not fulfilling the rules. If he lets her go, if he follows through, then, man, he's, he's, that's pretty heartless. It's pretty rough. What about this message of love that you've been saying? Man, they're trying to trick him up. Now, Jesus is the master in these situations. 
super smart. And what he does is, is he bends down. He doesn't say a word. He bends down. He starts writing in the dirt. And one of the things that, that I love about that, as soon as you start doing something on a smaller scale, it draws other people in. And so he, he's, he's down here writing, and all of a sudden, everyone in the room is like, oh, moving. They're off their seat. They're, they're, they're trying to see what he's writing on the ground. Now, the Bible doesn't say what he writes, but they, by, by large default, all of the scholars believe that he was either writing sins, things that people have done wrong, and maybe even writing their names next to it. We don't know about that. But we, we can assume based on the rest of the text that he was writing things that related to people. And as he writes them, people are going, oh, yep, oh, yep, oh, yep, oh, oh hang on, that one's me, whoops. Then Jesus speaks. John chapter 8, verse 7 he says this, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw the stone at her. Justice says she needs to be stoned. Jesus says, well, that's what the law says. Based on what I've written, based on what you've read, if you are without sin, if you've never done anything wrong, you can be the first one to throw the stone. Then something amazing happens in that room. From oldest to youngest, the older people started to leave. And why is that? Well, sometimes in life you realize that it's actually okay to make mistakes and to own up to them. And usually that comes with a bit of wisdom, a bit of experience. When you're younger, you tend to go, I didn't make any mistakes, everybody else is wrong. I wasn't driving too quick, the road was going faster under me. (laughs) You start making up excuses justifying your actions. But as you get older, you go, actually, that's cool. That's cool a spade a spade. Yeah, that was wrong. And so from oldest to youngest, they start to leave, convicted by what Jesus has written in the ground. And then Jesus looks at the woman and he says, woman, where are they? Where are the people? Has no one condemned you? In John chapter 8, verse 11, no one, sir, she says. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Jesus says, if no one here is going to condemn you to the punishment that you deserve, I'm not going to do it either. But stop doing it. Don't go back and do what's got you into the trouble again. So Jesus shows mercy But there's also like a justice. If you choose to do that again, you you are so lucky, you are so blessed to get off with with this after being caught in the act. And actually we are the same as this woman. Every single one of us, myself and you, have all messed up and are sitting under God's judgment. In Exodus chapter 20, we see that God gives us this list of rules to live by. He said, if you follow these rules, then you can come and be with me in heaven. I'm going to give you 10. I'm not going to give you 100. I'm not going to give you like, I'm going to give you 10. And they're pretty good rules. Like, don't lie. Don't steal. Don't don't 
cheat, don't, don't use bad language, you know, honour God on a Sunday, like all these. These are great rules, except the God of perfection can't be within perfection. And if you've messed up any of them once, you're disqualified. There's a, a pretty cool race on this weekend at Bathurst. It's like, man, I reckon there might have been times where I was a bit too excited about that race and maybe in my younger years, not now of course, but in my younger years, maybe I was sitting in church and my mind wasn't really in church. Commandment number one, don't have any other gods before me. Oh, there was that one time. Only once, of course, only once. Like, we've all messed that up. Commandment number two, don't worship any other idols. Oh, but you got that cricket bat. Man, it's a good cricket bat. Oh, idols. That car, that house, that guitar. That air fryer. <laughs> How good are air fryers? Oh. Anyway. It keeps going, doesn't it? Commandment number three, don't use, don't use bad language. Commandment number four, ever, ever missed a Sunday? <laughs> Whoops. You know, and you start going through these commandments to keep the Sabbath holy. Like, oh, no, and you start realizing, well, I've probably failed eight, the eight of them, but I haven't committed adultery and I haven't killed anyone. Then Jesus gets up and, and at some point in his preaching goes, hey, if you've ever looked at somebody with lustful eyes, it's like you've committed adultery. And if you've ever hated someone, it's like you've murdered them. And you know what? Ten for ten. We have failed all the commandments multiple times. Hopefully not today. But, but we're, all, we're, all, we're all done for. We can't be with a perfect God because we've messed all ten up. And so we sit at God's mercy going, I'm so sorry that I've messed up. And God sees through the sin, sees through the mess, sees through the stuff that we've done wrong and goes, I can see into your heart, I can see into your soul. And goes, I will forgive you at an incredible cost. And God's son comes and dies on the cross for us to forgive us. That's what mercy costs for us. That's what mercy looks like. And every one of us needs God's mercy. We can't work our way into heaven it's because of God's grace, God's compassion in action through his son that we have received his mercy. We all need God's mercy. The second point is this, mercy does not discriminate. Mercy doesn't discriminate. There's a people group in the Bible that the Jewish nation absolutely hated. And, and for, for people in the Bible to hate, you know, that, that's, that's huge, especially God's people. And, and we read in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus uses this people group as an illustration. And this people group is this group called the Samaritans. Now, what had taken place is, is during Israel's time of, of moving around in, in the promised land, some of the, the neighboring nations had sort of been, been battling around, but some of the Jews went and lived with the enemy. Worse than that, they started sleeping with the enemy. Then they started following the enemy's gods and all the things that God told Moses to share with his people in Deuteronomy. You need to do this so that you stay pure and holy. They go against. And the result is a people group called the Samaritans. 
a crossbred pagan god-worshipping nation that then have, have the guts to come back and say, oh, no, we're going to follow your God as well, Jews. We, we're going to follow that God, but with some different stuff as well. And the Jews hated them because of it. You're not holy. You're not set apart. You're not pure. You're this yuck. And so we read in Scripture, when you see Samaritans, immediately, especially in like the book of Matthew, we see that the Jews would have had a... Because Matthew was written to the Jewish nation. Um, we see that the Jews are, are immediately... Like there's a response to Samaritans. And so Jesus tells this story. A parable. Where he says there's this guy. He's walking down the bridge mall. And all of a sudden... These... This bunch of young people come and scam him out of everything. And he's got no food, he's got no money. The guy had a broken leg, he was on crutches, and they took his crutches, and now he can't move, and he's on the side of the bridge, and he can't do anything. And along come a priest. And the priest was really busy. And the priest had to get to Macca's because it was Sunday night. And, and he walks past this guy because <laughs> he's, he's so focused on his destination that he's missing what's happening around him. Now, the Bible, <laughs> the second person, it's obviously not Bridgemore, but um, the, the second person in the scripture, and it's good to tell the scriptural story as well, it was a Levite. Now, that's from the tribe of Levi, the, the, the priestly tribe. Now, these are the ones that, that facilitate forgiveness at the temple, these are the ones that show compassion to others. That's their job. And Jesus says, a Levite comes along. And does nothing. Actually, you know, crosses the road. Go on the other side because of the smell. Leaves him. Keeps walking. And the Bible says, along comes a Samaritan. And all the Jews were like, ugh, man, Samaritan. And Jesus said, the Samaritans saw the person and tended to their wounds and picked them up and put them on their little orange scooter And Luke took them to the base hospital and said, hey, this person needs to be fixed up. And whatever the cost is, I will pay for however long they need to stay. And then Jesus says, who was the better person? Who was the, who was the neighbor to that person that was injured? Who was the person that showed love and compassion and mercy? Everyone goes, it was the Samaritan." You see, Jesus used this illustration because that, that, in that illustration, the person saw past the, the racial filters, saw past the class, saw past the, the, the gender or whatever, in, in, maybe not in that scenario, but the next one. Jesus sees past those things or tells a story to, that, that mercy sees through. It doesn't discriminate. It sees through to the person and the true need. Jesus himself in John chapter 4, verse 1 to 42, if you read the whole entirety of the story, is next to a well, and there's a Samaritan again. But this time it's a woman. And it's not just a Samaritan woman. It's a Samaritan woman that, that isn't sleeping with her husband. It's sleeping with, with this other guy. She's had a whole list of husbands. She's searching for meaning in all the wrong places. And, and he walks up to her, and he goes, 
I see you're getting some water. Can I have a drink? She's like, what? Like, do you know who I am? I'm here because no one else is around. I'm I'm here at this time of the day so no one else can be there because everyone judges me because I've made some bad decisions in life. Yet you're going to ask me to, to serve you as in we're equals, like as in we're, we're on the same page, we're the same playing field. What? And Jesus gives her dignity by having a conversation with her. And in doing so, reveals that he actually knows her life story, but had still shown mercy and started a conversation. And in that one conversation, empowered her to actually go back to a village And a woman, Samaritan, shares the good news of the Messiah with her township. You see, mercy doesn't discriminate. It doesn't see see gender. It doesn't see socioeconomic status. It doesn't see your bank balance. It doesn't see what kind of car you drive. It doesn't see any of that. See, mercy sees the person. It sees into the eyes. It sees into the soul and takes that into account when it's making the judgment call. The third thing is mercy is God's gift to us in the form of Jesus. Mercy is God's gift to us in the form of Jesus. Jesus says, if you naturally show mercy to others, if you're naturally able to see through the stuff on the outside and you see into people's souls and you take that into account when you make a decision, you are blessed. Full stop. No action required. You are welcome. Thank you. You actually have an attribute of God that you are living out. Good job. Got a couple of questions for us. The first one is, have you accepted the mercy that Jesus offers? Have you accepted the mercy that Jesus offers? Each and every one of us needs God's mercy. If you haven't accepted that, I want to pray a prayer, and you can pray along with me. You can just pray it in your thoughts, and it, and it might be as simple as going, yes, I agree with that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for anyone here that hasn't accepted your mercy. Lord, that they have been carrying the idea that there is something that they have done a moment in their life that would disqualify them from being loved by you. Lord, I pray right now that that burden would be released because you show mercy on them, because you love them, because, God, you sent your son to die for them, to take that burden from them, that your judgment was that one of mercy, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Lord, I pray that that burden would be released and would be left at the foot of the cross where it deserves to be because it has already been prayed for and it is not ours to carry. Lord, in doing so, I pray that in that weight that has been released, that in that cavity it would be filled with nothing but love because you loved us so much that you sent your one and only begotten Son. Help each and every one of us to realize that we sit under your mercy, not because of our actions, but because of your love. Help us to accept that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
The second challenge is this. Sometimes when we look at our world and we see it's a broken world, we know it's a broken world. It's been broken for a very long time. But sometimes do you find yourself being more judgmental than you want to be? Sometimes we can see an issue and we get so wound up in the issue that you actually cannot see the person at all behind it. And if we are to be God's people, if we are to have God's gift of mercy in us, how can we show mercy to others? And once again with the Beatitudes, this is an action point. That's not what the Beatitudes is about. So we're stepping out of the Beatitudes and having a challenge of maybe we need to pray a little bit more that we would be a people of mercy and see the people behind the issues. Step back into the Beatitudes. You are, therefore God loves you. If you are merciful, you are welcome. We all need God's mercy. Mercy does not discriminate. And mercy is God's gift to us. And Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a merciful God. Lord, we pray that as we interact with others in this world, that there would be moments when in the authority that we have over others, be it, be it relational, be it professional, be it spiritual, I pray that we would show mercy in the judgment, not against justice, but for the benefit of the person. I think of that woman that Jesus said, I, I don't condemn you, but for your benefit, don't do it again. Don't, don't mess up. There's something bigger at play. God, as we, as we live a life of a, as apprentices of Jesus, may we see the bigger picture May we see the eternity in the person rather than the moment or the experience or the baggage. May we show mercy to others the way that you showed mercy to us. And Lord, for those that, that naturally, naturally are able to see into someone's spirit, to see into someone's heart, to see into someone's eyes and know what's going on. I pray that they would also know that they're not broken. That there's no mistake that you have a purpose for them and that they are welcome in your kingdom. That they are loved. And more than that, that they have a touch of the divine in them. That they are living out their God-given gifts as they reflect your mercy given to them to those that are around them. And may they be okay just to be who they are as you design them to be. May they know that they will be shown mercy and they won't be judged, not by you, not by eternity. Lord, I pray that as a church, as we strive to be more like you, that we too would look past the things on the surface, the issues that we see in this world, the opinions, the hatred, the persecution. 
and we would see the people, the brothers and sisters, those that are followers, but also those that are lost. And we would treat them in a way that would honour you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.